Well, welcome to the Lead 222 podcast. My name is Dave Hutke, and we are a community committed to being healthy leaders, leading healthy ministries. And uh, if you have not signed up for coaching or mentoring this season, don't wait. Get a coach and mentor, and you can go to lead222.com. You can sign up, and uh, we will get you connected uh, not only to coaching and mentoring, but you become part of this uh, incredible community uh, that we have. And uh, and so love for you to join us. Well, if uh, you're considering a mission trip this year, and, and maybe you just kind of find yourself in a spot where you're still looking or you're still considering uh, and uh, trying to figure out what you, you guys are going to do, I want to encourage you to check out Lead Missions. And uh, you can unlock the adventure of purpose in every student. You can sign up through the end of January to receive early bird rates. And so don't miss that. You can actually save a lot of money uh, by signing up uh, and, and still getting those early bird rates. And so Lead Missions is a combination of mission trip and leadership conference. And uh, what's great is that we take care of all the details so that you can focus on investing in your students and serving the community. And God does some incredible work as we just get outside of our own bubble, our own context. We go and we serve and we live in community. And so he does some amazing things. So if you want to know more, check out our website, lead222.com and uh, click on missions. Well, this month in our coaching we are going over intentional events. And so uh, when I knew this was happening, I reached out to uh, my friend, Tony Rogato, and he is uh, just amazing uh, at uh, pulling off some events that win. And so I just wanted him to share today. So um, I want to welcome Tony to the podcast. He is the uh, youth pastor at Connection Point uh, Christian Church in Brownsburg, Indiana. And um, we get together at least once a month in, uh, in our coaching and so grateful for him. And so, Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dave. It's, uh, I'm excited to be here and uh, jump onto the Lead 222 podcast for the first time. Yes. Well, Tony, for, for those uh, listening, what else do we need to know about you? Yeah, uh, like Dave said, I am the youth pastor. I lead the high school ministry at Connection Point uh, Christian Church on the west side of Indianapolis, of the metropolis uh, of Brownsburg, Indiana, is where we're at here. I've been here for uh, almost uh, seven years. That's awesome. Um, and so I've been here. Uh, roles have shifted and changed, but I find myself now as a, the high school uh, pastor. Uh, I'm a, a husband, a father, uh, a dog dad, a cat dad, um, <laughs> all those amazing things. Uh, I am a wounded Las Vegas Raiders fan. Oh. Um, I run. I, I am mentored by our podcast host, Dave Hutke. Um, uh, yes. But yeah, my wife, my wife, uh, his name is Adriana. She's a, a mental health counselor. Um, and we got two little girls. Our oldest is Ruby, and she's four. And we've got a little nugget named Vienna, and she's just over a year. Uh, and so they keep us busy and on our toes and playing all kinds of fun games as a, a girl dad, man. That is amazing. Tony, and what I'm really looking forward to is next week, we're going to be uh, with our wives at the marriage conference in Orlando. So looking forward, man, to spending a week yes. with you guys. Yeah, the sunshine state, baby. Bring on the warmth. 
Oh, you ain't kidding. Well, looking forward to uh, to our conversation today, Tony. You know, um, events are something that are part of youth ministry. And uh, a lot of times, you know, we put intentionality to it. And then a lot of times we don't. And I think for many of us, we can see, you know, that there's a difference when we put a lot of purpose and intentionality to an event and, you know, the results that come from that. And, uh, and so really excited to have you on. And uh, I've been so encouraged by you sharing some of the different events that you guys do at Connection Point. So share about your one event and a few takeaways of, you know, what God did. Yeah. So one event uh, is our um, biggest ministry event that we do in our uh, calendar year uh, as a student ministry. It started in the fall of 2020. Uh, so in the thick of COVID, we uh, kind of reimagined student ministry as so many uh, churches and student ministries were kind of being forced to do. Um, and I think it was a really healthy thing for a lot of ministries to kind of reset, reinvent, um, and kind of just have a really period where you get to evaluate what you're doing. And so uh, in that season, uh, our team kind of shifted and changed and brought new people on and some people left. And so it just gave a fresh start to a lot of things. And so we just kind of reimagined, like, what, what would we do differently? What could we, if we wipe the slate clean, uh, look at our ministry, how would we kind of want to launch um, a calendar year of ministry starting the fall? Uh, so we came up with this idea called One Event, uh, and it kind of has evolved and uh, become its own thing throughout the process. Um, the first year was just called One Event, and there was a lot of mystery of what that means and uh, not a lot of clarity. And uh, as we've kind of gone through four years of, uh, events like that uh, with one event, uh, it's kind of become its own brand. Uh, and so um, the closest thing that a lot of people would equate it to um, is your your fall launch for a student ministry. Um, and I think that's fair to compare it, but I don't know if it's exactly uh, how I would uh, say the a completely captures what it is. Um, and there's a couple of reasons. I think, I think when you think fall launch, people just kind of think the same old, same old things, uh, kind of rehashing a lot of um overused events that are um really lacking maybe some some creativity and some outside the box thinking um and i think that's uh it's just not utilizing youth ministry i think in a church on a staff i think creativity um the most creative staff members are found in your youth ministry department uh and so i think youth ministry should be reinventing a lot of how we view things and just kind of think outside the box um and so uh we wanted to kind of think outside the box. And so for one event, what we do is we go, man, how do we make kids say, wow, um, and do things that they've never seen a church do before. They've never seen a student ministry do before. It's, it's not a uh, dunk tanks and inflatables and, you know, maybe a color run, you know, things that have been done before it's, it's outside the box. Um, so I don't like to compare it exactly to a fall launch, uh, but that's the easiest thing maybe people equate to, um, because I think it's more creative than that. Uh, and second, um, we delay our fall launch. Um, and so a lot of ministries that I've seen is that, you know, the first couple of weeks of a new school year is when they do their launch um, because they see all that mo natural momentum that's happening in their calendar year. And they're like, man, there's so many kids that are returning. Families are recommitting to being at church. Like, how do we like do an event right now and kind of capture them? Uh, and we started questions like, man, what, why are we investing money and time to, into an event that already has natural momentum in that season. Um, and so we wanted to delay our launch and not 
push dollars into a season when there's already natural momentum that we didn't put yeah. any money into those first few weeks, we still see that huge uptick in attendance and we still see those families attending and, and, and um, returning and uh, kind of recommitting. Uh, so we wanted to delay our fall launch. So we put our fall launch, Dave, um, at the end of September. Okay. Um, so our kids, for our context, they go back to school like end of July or like the first few days of August. Um, and so we delay almost a full two months. And so for that first month, we're just casting vision for our ministry values. And then that uh, in that for the, that first month and the next like three to two to three weeks, we are um, casting vision for this event. Uh, and so one event pre- presents as kind of how we kind of tag it. So one event presents, uh, we've done Connection Point Wrestling. Uh, so we put on a full wrestling event in our auditorium with uh, amateur professional wrestlers. Um, and our whole thing was like, they're going to be one king. Uh, so it's kind of like tagged that. So Connection Point, one event presents Connection Point Wrestling. One event presents Under the Lights. It was like a Vegas show and fancy dinner and dressing up and being these, seeing these amazing acts. Uh, and then this past year, we did one event presents All Stars. And so we put on a celebrity basketball game uh, held at one of our local um, middle school gyms and kind of packed out the place and had different uh, teachers and local uh, artists and just different people from around the area, former athletes uh, kind of participate in this event. And the whole goal of one event has been to how do we creatively tell the gospel in a fresh and new way and make it an environment that is an easy, easy invite for our fr- our students to invite their friends to. Um, and so we've been always trying to say, how do, how do we create that environment? Uh, and just thinking outside the box. And so, yeah, one event is our way of uh, telling the gospel, yeah. making an easy invite, um, and just being creative in all things. That's kind of what it's all about. I love that, Tony, as far as, you know, you're so right. I mean, that there's natural energy in the beginning of the fall of creating that, you know, hey, we're back again, we're celebrating, we're, you know, in person and and then kind of having that down just a little bit. And it's like another, you know, shot in the arm of energy and momentum um, going into it. So that's that's really cool. What are some other events that you guys have done, you know, that have worked well? Yeah, so um, we've done a lot of events as a lot of student ministries do, right? Um, and for us, when we look at our events is we kind of look at our ministry year as a pool that has increasing depth um, to it, right? So you have like a shallow end of the pool and then it gets deeper, deeper, deeper. Um, and so we see as our ministry years, we want to kind of craft our events in that way. So one event, high energy, lots of, you know, flash and production, all these things. And not that that's shallow, but it's going to appeal maybe to like a first time guest more. Right. Um, and so it's kind of just like a baseline, like anyone can attend this event and feel comfortable and experience a great time and want to return and it be relevant to them. Um, but then as we go through the year, we try to increase the depth of um, those events. Um, so we've done other events. Uh, our big one that we do in the winter is called Club Christmas. Uh, so it's a middle school and high school combined event. Uh, we gather together as a church of three sites or locations and we get all of our students together uh, and we put on a Christmas service with our, your own student ministry flair, right? Um, and it's uh, another gospel opportunity. And so we do a gospel in the fall, gospel in the winter, invite your friends. Um, and it's all, we got, you know, silent disco elements to put in there. We have a few inflatables. We have hot chocolate and cookies. We have 
photo opportunities with Santa. Uh, we have the silent night with uh, battery powered candles, not real candles, but battery powered candles. That's yeah. Um, and so uh, what's crazy is, you know, if you think about one event, you know, we, we put a lot of dollars into that event. Uh, a lot of finances are put into that. Um, and it's got great results. It's been really cool to see, you know, 450 students come to that event, you know, experience the gospel. And about 10% of those attendees are first time guests on average every year. Um, and then, but with, with club Christmas, you know, we spend a, a fraction of the cost. And this past year, Dave, we had 350 middle school and high school students come to this event. Um, <laughs> and so, and we had like 30 to 40 first time students. And so you can be successful in reaching students. I said, say, uh, you can reach students and not spend exorbitant amount of money, right? Um, and that's really what we're being challenged. Is like, and how can we think creatively, budget to, budget wise, um, to kind of maybe shift money or you know just get better with how we're using finances. So um, we do club Christmas in the in the uh, winter, and then as we get deeper into our ministry here, we kind of shift our focus into deeper discipleship um, for our students. And so an event we do in the spring is called Home Conference, and it's an on-site uh 24 to 36 hour retreat um there's not it's not an overnight sleepover at the church they go back home uh, but it's a low cost event for our students so it costs them 30 dollars to attend um it's got three sessions of teaching there's breakouts um and heavy heavy worship um and uh spiritual elements put in um that we launched this past year and it was just incredible to see it's probably one of the most impactful events that i've been a part of um to kind of see our students respond uh, and encounter God in a fresh way. And so we really try to push them in that environment to really go deep into um, spiritual, you know, just practices um, of prayer, of anointing, um, worshiping in different postures uh, and uh, really kind of push them in that way. And so that's kind of our progression. You know, if you look from beginning of the year to the end of the year, we're trying to get them to that point by, by the spring, um, we are, you know, kind of push that envelope of, hey, let's go after God in these ways. Um, so it's our deep kind of spiritual retreat that we do. Uh, and then the summer, um, some events that we've done, Dave, you know, a lot of ministries kind of, um, I guess, turn, turn down the energy or turn down the volume on events. We saw this, man, like our students are more available in the summer than they are throughout the whole school year. Why are we kind of ramping down um, as far as trying to, you know, reach them and build momentum? Uh, what if we saw the summer as an opportunity to build momentum through the whole thing, not just rely on camps, but throughout the whole year, we're, you're, the whole summer, we are kind of leveraging that time when they're more available. And so we do events called Summer Nights, and they are middle school and high school, again, combined events. Um, and you kind of take the lull of the summer and you kind of uh, mitigate that by doing combined events um, where a lot of students may be out of town or on vacations. And you can kind of feel that lull of the summer. How often are those, Tony? Yeah, good question. So we do uh, four to five in the summer. Um, and so we have an eight-week summer here in uh, sure. Hendricks County. <laughs> it's a very short summer. Um, so four to five in the summer. Um, and they range from a different, you know, as far as workload, um, you know, different varieties of those. So one that we do is called the CP500. So in Indiana, uh, the Indy 500 is a huge, big deal. Greatest spectacle in racing. Uh, I've never been, but I've seen pictures and have heard about it. Oh, you've got to go counts. at least once. You've uh, got to go at least once. It is a amazing. lot of people. It's really hot. Um, <laughs> and I don't enjoy left-hand turns. I just don't get excited yeah. by about it. But anyways, yeah, Indiana people love it. So we're like, how do we leverage that in our culture, you know, in our area? 
So we did CP500, and it's a marble racing event. Uh, that oh, you wouldn't man. think marble racing would be exciting. The energy in the room for this event is off the wall. Uh, it's wild. It's crazy. It's basically a glorified raffle uh, is really what it is. Because every <laughs> student gets assigned a marble number when they come in, and they have different heats of racing. And you're trying to see, does your marble you know, get in the top five of your heat? And if it does, you move on to the That's next amazing. round. And you're trying to do all these fun things. Um, so we do those events. We do like a water park day. We have a pool in the area that you can rent out for the evening for really low cost, really for how many students we would have come in. Um, and so just different ways that we're trying to gain momentum through the summer and uh, not just be reliant on camps, but hey, the whole summer is a big deal here. Uh, you don't want to miss a single one of these events. And so if you're in town, uh, you want to come to these things and they're easy invites. So the summer, we see momentum build the whole summer. Um, and so it's just really cool to see. And we're not battling you know these lulls of a Sunday where hey tennis is down or energy is this or whatever we're just energy's up and kids want to come and they're inviting friends and so it's incredible to see just amount of invitations um, that students are inviting to their friends it's built this culture of hey these are events you don't want to miss well great intentionality Tony throughout the entire year and I also love that you said too you know you don't have to to spend your entire budget on you know a couple of these you know, evaluate your spaces and, and your culture and, you know, and being intentional and, and you can be creative too and not have to spend a ton of money. So I love that. So what does planning for a great event, you know, look like for you guys? Yeah, I think right off the bat, I mean, youth ministry 101 is like, start with the why, you know, what's the why for your event? Is this a discipleship event? Is it outreach? Um, is it a service? Like what is, What's the why behind? Why are you, why are you even doing the event? Because that's going to shape um, how you do programming, right? Um, how you recruit volunteers, how you market it, um, and also especially how you spend your money and where you spend it. Um, and so you're going to spend money differently for a discipleship event than you will for an outreach event. And for service projects, obviously very different. Right? The amount of volunteers maybe for uh, an outreach event requires more than this. And so it just really affects a lot of the planning elements. You got to know your why. Um, and the second is when, when we get together, um, as a team and we start planning event, we have this culture of, um, yes. And, or what if, um, and so in, in improv, there's this rule of yes. And so whenever someone says something, your response is to always say yes. And you're always trying to add on to it. You don't want to shut down, uh, the energy of what someone says, because that just kills a, an improv bit. Right. And so for us, when we're in these planning meetings. We have this culture of yes and that we never shut down what someone said because, well, you got to think logistics of this or that will cost too much or how would we even pull that off? Or we You're don't, not like, saying that's a just, dumb idea. Yeah, like you just don't <laughs> you don't shut anything down. And so we intentionally, like Dave, we dream bigger and plan bigger than what we what we know is realistically possible. Um, and the reason why is, man, we're trying to change the eternal destiny of students. And so why would we try to plan what we know we can pull off when we're trying to resurrect or see souls come back to life? Like That's awesome. dead people will come alive, yeah. right? And so we have this culture of yes and, um, or what if, you know, what if we did this? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's Love been that. cool just to see when we plan, Dave, um, these, these ideas that we have start really, really big. And then it kind of like shifts, but it still is an incredible thing because we started with this, above and beyond what we know is even possible. And maybe we get to only 80% there, but it still is like, man, we've never done this before. 
I didn't even know there were, how to find amateur wrestlers. I didn't know how to build <laughs> a, a wrestling ring. I didn't know that I could book people from America's Got Talent and how to even do that, you know, or how are we going to get a basketball gym and build enough of a team? And, you know, how do we build production for a mobile event like that? Like, there's all these things that are like, you just want to like say, oh, I can't do that. It's like, man, you're missing out on some of the most amazing moments of ministry uh, and transforming lives. But I think because we're just like saying that's too hard. You can't do that. But Tony, so often, so many youth pastors, they begin that process where they don't have time. So yeah, yeah. Share, share a little bit about, you know, in the planning process, you know, yeah, that's good. You can't, you can't just like begin like, oh, you know, we're two months out, we're a month out and, yeah. and pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. So for like, for, I guess in the context of, of one event, right. Like usually about like a month after that event is when uh, our team will kind of just start like, you know, throwing out some ideas, like what can we do? What we do this, what we do that. Um, and just kind of see what kind of percolates and what comes to the service and what we get excited about. Um, so it's about like 11 months out from the yeah. event. We're starting to dream about that event, uh, of what next year will be. Um, and putting on the radar of, you know, marketing for us and our production team of like, Hey, this is kind of what we're thinking so that they can start to also dream and know, okay, Tony and Sean or whoever are going to come up with this crazy idea. They're sticking this idea and they kind of puts on their radar as, you know, support people that are be part of that, job of that event um so yeah we start about 11 months out i would say is when we initially start dreaming um and then about eight months out um is when we would start to put into action of like okay what are the actual things that we would have to put together to do this so mm -hmm. for this past year we did uh you know the, the celebrity basketball game that was meant to kind of raise money for charity but also present the gospel the whole aim of it um about eight months out, we started making a list of people we could we could ask. And so we just started doing emails. I mean, I emailed the Harlem Globetrotters, right? I'm just like, why would I say no for them? Let them at least see if they're in town. You know, can I get contact? And um, reaching out to the Pacers of, you know, their organization, like, hey, is there anybody that's a retired player that wants to come play with us? Like, just reaching out to people left and right eight months out. Uh, and we're starting to build our marketing, you know, deliverables that we're going to need. Um, we're starting to craft, you know, the, the, um, the theme of the scripture, like how are we going to communicate the gospel? What's the big deal, you know, in this, how are we going to tie that in? And so for us, man, we did uh, carry each other's burdens, you know, is uh, the verse we use. And so um, this idea of how, do you have a team around you that's going to help you carry you through the most difficult parts of life. And there is a team that exists that will do that. And it's God's family and it's his church. And we want to help you discover not just how to win in this life, but in eternity. Um, so it's about, Eight to six months is, you know, it's recruiting of pieces that we know we need to get. It's going to be marketing deliverables. Um, and then, you know, five, four, three months out, we have, um, and two months out, we have um, a rhythm of about once to two times a month meetings where we're getting together, we're planning out how many volunteers we need, what's the registration form go. Um, so it's a whole process, man. I mean, we're these events, like you said, then. do you guys yeah. have certain, you know, um, program or you know of, of making sure all the projects and timelines are everybody sees that together yeah so we always have someone in our meetings it's our admin who really tracks um uh those pieces for us and so um we have like a standard uh document that we use for all events for marketing we have you know, we're a large church we have a marketing team and so we have uh an event marketing deliverables document that we kind of input and tweak for these events and so our admin is 
you know, going through that list, say, Hey, what do you guys need for socials? What do you need for slides? What do you need for um, stickers or graphics or what's the feel of the event? So she walks us through that. Um, and then as far as like logistics, um, we've utilized a, a number of different things. We've used Trello. Uh, now we're moving to Monday.com. Um, so there's always some sort there's of central Anna. hub. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of different things. Whatever it is, you know, you could even just use Excel sheets or right. um, Word documents, whatever it, whatever works for you guys. Just have a way of, um, you know, keeping That's it right. all central. Uh, right. Uh, and make sure you've got checklists and going through different pieces of that. Uh, so from volunteers, you're going to need to uh, rental equipment, um, uh, invoices, things like that. You're just kind of tracking through all those pieces. Um, but we've just got a team. What's cool, Dave, is like we get other people in the room. It's not just one or two people that are in the room. Uh, we try to get five to six people in the room uh, that have different gifts, right, that are going to help. Because me and my, my coworker who leads middle school, Sean, like, you know, we're creative guys. We're thinking through things. But we need people to, like, come alongside us, like, hey, guys, like, these are all great, but in order to achieve what you want to do, this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. And so find, knowing where your weaknesses are and other people's strengths are, you're just building, you know, a team, right? So the whole, uh, you know, using the body of Christ, you know, different gifts. Uh, and so it shouldn't fall all on one person or two people. Um, it should be That's a team right. of at least build five to six. Build a team. Yeah. 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 So I found a team of like five to six has really been ideal for us when it comes to planning uh, and thinking through all the logistics. Uh, you don't want too many people in the room, but you want enough that you're getting different strengths uh, in the room. That's great. You know, and then just getting clarity, what each person is owning, you know, and responsible mm -hmm. for. Um, that's so good, Tony. So as far as, you know, you, you have this incredible event, you know, the evaluation, I, you know, lead one of our values too is is life-giving celebration you know being mm -hmm. able to pause and uh, celebrate you know all that god is doing and so i think it's also important to celebrate um you know the the event but also then be able to evaluate it you know so what does your evaluation process look like yeah so i would like put in like three different categories i have like a personal way that i evaluate um and so typically after an event, whether it's one event or club Christmas or home conference or whatever it is, um, I like to um, sit down, whether it was by a bonfire or just outside by myself, uh, and just kind of like reflect on everything that just kind of happened. Um, and so I'll sit down outside, maybe it's, you know, it's nice weather, I'm doing a bonfire, I've got music going, I've got my dog by me, uh, and I'm just kind of like looking back on it um and just kind of like basking in it sitting in it um appreciating uh, and not rushing by That's it good. um and slowing down you know and just kind of reflecting on it and so um i do that and a lot of times in those moments and i'm texting like some of our teammates or some of our volunteers and just kind of expressing like gratitude of like man like your role in this was so critical and i don't know if you see that but i just want you to know man i'm so grateful for what you did and how you execute that, right? And so just expressing gratitude for what they did and just seeing the beauty of our team um, and how they helped. Uh, and I usually, you know, it's the day of social media. I'll do a post that just kind of expresses my heart uh, behind the events and things that I gleaned. And it's, you know, um, it's not, it's it just kind of reflecting on it. Um, so just kind of like a way of me processing is I'll type out, you know, a post and just say like, this is what I learned at this, at this week or this event. Um, and it's how it changed me. So I do a personal way of kind of reflection and evaluation of just experiencing it. Um, 
then our team, you know, like you said, Dave, you know, it's, it's easy to rush past and not celebrate an event. We do a team like lunch where we just sit down and we have lunch together and we celebrate. We go out to lunch, but it's at a brew burger or wherever mm-hmm. we go. And, um, and we just kind of, you know, what was our favorite moment from this or laughing at things that happened behind the scenes that no one else knew. <laughs> um, and, you know, we kind of had to put fires out or, mm-hmm. um, you know, we did this game and it totally tanked. You know, these, those things happen at events or, you know, not everything goes beautiful. That's right. Um, there are elements that flop in an event and we're like, man, we all thought that was going to be a success and it takes so hard. Um, But that's the beauty of the team, right? It's like you win as a team and we also lose the team, but at least we all thought this was a good idea, right? (laughs) So it's like you're losing together, right? Um, And so we celebrate and we sit in it. um, But then really soon after, I would say a week after at the latest, um, we sit down um, outside of the lunch and outside of all those things. And we go, what was right. So you're doing it pretty soon after it while it's still, yeah, man, you, you want to keep it fresh. Like yeah. sometimes we do it like the week, the three or four days after. Um, but, uh, at the least a week after we go, what's right, what's wrong, what's missing, what's confused. And again, we're capturing all that in a document. Uh, and then we put it in a folder. Like that's one of the things that my supervisor, Mark Nodder, uh, he's an incredible next gen pastor has really instilled in us is like doing that, that work of the right, wrong, missing, confused, and then having folders that those events, whether it's email templates, um, whether it's uh, this evaluation or invoices or whatever, it all goes in a folder so that we can look back on things that we learned from the previous event, previous year, um, or we can also just tweak pieces that we've already done all the work on like these email templates you don't need to write from scratch every single year like don't reinvent the wheel like utilize the work that's you've good. done to make the next one easier and maybe even a little better in how you communicate right um so really making sure that you put all of your pieces from an event in one folder broken down maybe by marketing by talent by schedules whatever you gotta do um and make sure it's easy to find that you can go back the next year and really discover it um and so that's been a huge piece, man. It's like we do, I do a personal reflection. We celebrate as a team. Um, and you, you also as a team sit down and look back on it. And I also would say like, man, like take a day off. Yeah, like after word. an event, take a day off, rest. Um, and don't rush into like all the next things you got to do, right? Um, that's so, it's such an easy trap to fall into. And that's going to lead to burnout and not taking care of yourself, right? Um and also having someone outside of, you know, your, your staff, like that you can go to, it's a safe place, you know, for me, you know, be a part of the lead 222 um, coaching uh, where, you know, Dave, I meet with you once a month and, you know, we're texting, you know, about the events, like just having someone that's like an outside perspective right. um, that you can celebrate with, but also you can be like, we're into this or how can we take the momentum out of this event, you know, do better. And just using like, you know, your knowledge of, all your years of ministry you're what 85 now how long been at, something at like that? Least. yeah uh you're an old soul old soul man <laughs> you got wisdom there uh but yeah i mean having people that you can go to that can help you process and celebrate together that um aren't on staff and aren't volunteers just it's just healthy yeah no that's so good tony and you know what i'm hearing too though it it, it does take intentionality it does take planning ahead it also takes 
you know, being able to schedule these with, you know, like, I'm not just reacting, I'm being proactive, I'm going to take my day off, you know, I'm, I'm making sure all these things are in place. And so I think that's just such a, a good word. And so as we, you know, finish up today, and just great job, man, just appreciate you, you sharing on this. And so, you know, for those, you know, listening, what, what final encouragement would you have to, to youth pastors, youth workers, um, you know, wanting to, you know, just improve in this, uh, these areas, you know, just a final word of encouragement, Tony. You know, I think um, my biggest thing is um, sometimes you don't discover the true why of an event um, until you've actually had the event. Um, and sometimes that why shifts. You know, I think every two to three years, you kind of start to see like new students come in. You got to reinvent uh, maybe an event. Um, and I think a lot of ministries fall into two categories. Um, they hold on to an event too long uh, and it kind of becomes a sacred cow and it kind of is like losing the momentum. We just keep doing it every year um, or they move on from an event too fast. Um, and so then there's no consistency. There's no rhythm. You get no time to build momentum. Um, and I would just say, man, like every two to three years, when it comes to your programming, um, don't, don't hold on to something too tightly. But don't hold, don't get rid of something too quickly. Um, how can you maybe need to reinvent an, uh, an event? Um, and so for us, when we looked at one event, um, you know, with this big scope, you know, something that we love as a ministry, that's got a little momentum. Um, we started to see, man, four years into this thing, average first time guest attendance about 10%. So about 90% of our students, you know, are followers of Christ, you know, are attending what if we shifted the focus of one event to leverage the 90% and still make it, you know, approachable for a first time guest? But we, what are we trying to say? We want to get our fringe kids and our committed kids even deeper into the ministry. And so for this year, what we're trying to look at is we're using one event as like a, a launching point into the next eight weeks. What's your one step you're going to take to reach your one? And it's all building, these steps are, that you're going to take, it's all building towards at the club Christmas event. You're going to make sure that one person comes to that event to hear the gospel. And so that's a shift, right? Yeah. We, it was outreach at one event and present the gospel there. This year, we're shifting it and we're saying, what's your one step to reach your one person for this one event coming up in eight weeks and, you know, at club Christmas? Um and so we're, you just got to reinvent it and look at it and be honest, man. Is it accomplishing what we want it to accomplish? Um, and is it really the best use of, you know, your finances, of your time, of your energy, of your creativity? Um, do you need to reinvent it? So I would just say youth pastors, youth ministry, like you are the most creative people on your staff um, at your church. Utilize your creativity. Don't hold on to an event too tightly. Don't throw away an event too quickly. Um, but use your creativity to reinvent and show the creativity that you have to reach students in a way that they've never been reached before. Wow, Tony, that is fantastic and uh, such great um, wisdom in this, and and uh, just appreciate you. So those you know that want to you know maybe ask you a question or you know they they have uh, something they want to reach out to you about, how can they get in, in touch with you? Yeah, so the, I mean, email is the best way, you know. Uh, for me, uh, so they can email, email me at Tony, T-O-N-Y, dot Rogato, R-O-G, 
A-T-T-O, at connection point with an E at the end of point dot org. Uh, so you can email me there. Maybe put in the show notes at the bottom of the day yeah, to help people. That in the show notes. Yeah, that's Yeah, great. I would love to help people and creatively and just kind of look at what they're doing. Uh, we love events uh, because events have changed so many of our students' lives and they've changed my life. Um, and so I think events can get a bad name, uh, but they are a huge uh, impact moment for a lot of students. Well, great job, Tony. Appreciate you. And uh, thanks for listening today. And if this has been an encouragement to you, rate, review it, um, share it with, uh, with a friend. Uh, Tony, appreciate you. Great job. Appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.